Welcome to the Arborist News audio podcast, brought to you by the International Society of Arboriculture. This audio version of the Arborist News CEU article is voiced by Paul Johnson, Urban Forestry Program Coordinator with Texas A&M Forest Service. This month's article is Root Pruning, Part 2, by Larry Costello, Gary Watson, and E. Thomas Smiley. Root Pruning, Part 2, by Thomas Costello, Gary Watson, and E. Thomas Smiley. Objectives. Describe the difference between selective and non-selective root pruning methods. Describe the effects of root pruning on tree health and stability. Explain stem girdling roots. Roots are typically pruned when they interfere with human activities or to correct defects that negatively impact tree health or stability, such as stem girdling roots. There are two general methods used for cutting roots. The first is selective root pruning, which involves removal of the soil from around the root and then cutting specific roots. The second is non-selective cutting, which involves cutting or trenching the soil along a predetermined line and severing the roots along that line. Both root pruning and non-selective cutting can cause great harm to a tree, especially if main, structural roots are affected. Damage may diminish tree health and or structural stability. To reduce major impacts to tree health, when roots must be pruned, they should be cut as far from the trunk as is practical. In some situations, an alternative to cutting through the entire root may be to shave the top of the root. This is occasionally done when roots are lifting pavement and new pavement needs to be installed above the offending roots. If roots are to be shaved, the amount of wood removed should be kept to a minimum to achieve the goal, but no more than one-third of the depth of the root should be removed. Arborists should avoid shaving heartwood and applying sharp angle cuts. A layer of foam may be installed over the top of the shaved root to reduce further pavement lifting. Objectives of root pruning or cutting should be stated in any contract. Common objectives include mitigation of root defects, e.g. girdling roots, preparing for soil excavation, and removing roots to minimize infrastructure damage. Hand digging to locate roots is effective, but it is difficult and time-consuming. Excavation using supersonic air tools can rapidly excavate soil around roots with minimal injury. When using these tools, the soil should be moist but not saturated. Soil can also be excavated using high-pressure water. With this lattermost method, the process results in volumes of muddy water that need to be drained or vacuumed from the excavation site. Also note that high-pressure water can easily remove bark from tree roots causing injury. If a pressure washer is used, the nozzle needs to be kept at a distance of 12 inches or more, greater than 30 centimeters, from the roots. If root injury is observed with either air or water, the nozzle should be moved farther from the roots. Non-destructive, ground-penetrating radar, GPR, can be used to locate roots with a diameter as small as 0.4 inches, 1 centimeter, and roots as deep as 3 feet, 0.9 meters. However, the size of roots cannot be determined with this method. Two roots located close together cannot be individually distinguished. Resolution of roots is best determined in sandy, well-drained soil, whereas soil with high water and clay content may reduce resolution and observation depth. Ground-penetrating radar is also effective in structural soil, which contains 80% stone. Roots can be mapped under concrete and asphalt using GPR in some cases. Maps of soil suitability for the use of GPR can be found for the United States and some other countries on the U.S. Natural Resource Conservation Service's website, www.nrcs.usda.gov. Companies that conduct utility location services often provide GPR inspections, 
However, a skilled operator is required to identify the location of tree roots. The consequences of root pruning have not been studied as extensively as the consequences of branch pruning. We do know that the principles of compartmentalization of decay in trees, coded, apply to roots as well as to stems. Because root injuries are common in nature, roots have evolved to be strong compartmentalizers. Small root cuts do not usually lead to extensive decay. In temperate climates, decay development as a result of root cutting can take years or decades to develop. Various factors, including root diameter, distance from the trunk, and presence of heartwood on the cut surface can affect decay development after pruning, but more research is needed to determine and recommend specific practices. Just as flesh-cutting branches is no longer an acceptable practice, a pruning cut that removes a root at its point of origin should not cut into the parent root. The final cut should result in a flat surface with adjacent bark firmly attached. Smaller pruning cuts are preferred. Selective root pruning consists of soil excavation using supersonic air tools, pressurized water, or hand tools, followed by the cutting of individual roots. Excavation prior to root pruning allows the arborist to examine the roots and determine the best places to make cuts, preferably beyond sinker roots or outside root branch unions. This can make it possible to cut as few roots as possible or to make several smaller cuts instead of a single larger diameter cut. Tools used for this are usually hand pruners, loppers, hand saws, reciprocating saws, oscillating saws, or small chainsaws. Non-selective root cutting is less targeted. Usually this type of root damage is the result of trenching or soil excavation that does not intentionally target tree roots. Rather, it is done to install pipes or wires in a trench or to change soil grade for construction. Often the equipment operator is not aware of the tree damage being inflicted. Cuts that result from sidewalk or pavement removal or replacement can intentionally target the roots that cause damage. Regardless of the reason for root cutting, it's better to use mechanical root pruning tools specifically designed to provide moderately clean root cuts, e.g. Vermeer, Emance, or Dosco root pruner. When tools not specifically designed for root cutting, such as trenchers, excavators, and backhoes, are used, they result in torn, splintered, and crushed roots, and thus are the least preferred. Cutting a line with a root pruner on the tree side of the excavation line prior to excavation can reduce this type of damage. If roots are not pre-cut prior to excavation, any exposed root end with a diameter over 1 inch centimeters, should be pruned rather than left torn or crushed. The final root cut should result in a flat surface with the adjacent bark firmly attached. Girdling is the term used to describe roots that encircle, confine, or limit the growth of the trunk or other root. Stem girdling roots, SGR, are roots that girdle the base of the trunk. They often originate inside a nursery container when roots grow to the container wall and then turn and continue growing in a circular orientation. If not eliminated at planting, these roots often persist after planting in the landscape. SGRs have also been associated with excessive soil over the root system in the root collar area. SGRs can also originate as existing nearly perpendicular branches of radial lateral roots whose growth increases after the radial root is cut similar to lateral branch growth that increases when the terminal is cut. Certain tree species seem to be naturally prone to developing girdling roots. For example, SGRs are so common on field-grown Norway maples, Acer platinoides, that few are being planted. SGRs do not typically cause rapid decline of trees, although they can lead to sudden failures during wind-loading events. Above-ground decline symptoms of girdling roots include gradual shortening of terminal growth, 
small leaves, early autumn color, dieback of branches and sections of the canopy, and partial or total absence of a root flare. SGRs damage tree health by restricting vascular transport. When root and stem are in contact, xylem cells are compressed. The cross-sectional area of vessels can be as little as 10% of that of unaffected wood. The treatment for SGRs is selective pruning of the offending roots. Some amount of root collar excavation may be necessary to expose all SGRs. Pruning is commonly done with loppers, chisels, oscillating saws, and small chainsaws. Roots should be cut on both sides of the area being girdled. Roots that encircle or fully girdle the trunk should be removed, if possible, before they are engulfed by trunk tissue. Grafting between roots and trunk tissue is rare because the bark on both root and trunk create a barrier between the cambium layers. When root pruning, care should be taken not to damage trunk tissues. Removal of SGRs results in a loss of a portion of the root system and a reduction of water and nutrient supply to the crown. As a general rule, if the girdling root is more than one-third of the diameter of the stem, its removal will impact tree health and can even result in whole tree mortality. Therefore, if one or more large girdling roots are present, consider progressive root pruning over a specified period of time. This may involve making a notch cut one-third to one-half of the way through a girdling root to slow its growth and to relieve the pressure on stem tissues. Though this induces temporary stress, the condition of the tree can improve over time as the vascular constriction is overcome with the addition of new tissue. Fertilization and crown pruning are not substitutes for SGR removal. Analysis of published data on root spread of trees concluded that the radius of the root system is approximately equal to tree height which is often greater than the radius of the branches, i.e. dripline. Given the close proximity of trees to structures, pavements, and utilities in most urban and suburban landscapes, tree roots can easily be injured by soil excavation. Root pruning reduces the root system's capacity to absorb water, which can create water stress and initiate tree decline. Water stress is proportional to absorptive capacity loss and climate. The crown response can be reduced growth, or in more severe cases, decline. Older trees may be more severely affected than younger trees. Root loss can be considered temporary when cut roots are able to regenerate and eventually replace roots that were lost. However, species vary in their ability to recover from such temporary root loss. For instance, post oaks, Quercus are notorious for their poor recovery from this type of injury. If the root space is permanently lost, e.g. resulting from lowering the grade or construction of a structure or non-porous pavement in the root zone, then the root system cannot be replaced and stress and stability concerns may never be overcome. Root loss can affect tree health and stability. Cutting roots at a distance greater than six times the trunk diameter, dbh, minimizes the likelihood of affecting both health and stability. At this distance, approximately 25% of the root system would be lost. Cutting roots any closer to the tree is more likely to compromise stability. Linear cuts on one side of a tree can reduce stability when the cut is made at a distance from the trunk that is less than three times the trunk diameter. Severe loss of stability is common when cuts are made at a distance that is less than one to one and a half times the trunk diameter. If a linear cut is made at the trunk, nearly all species will have a reduction in stability. The impact of linear root cuts is highly dependent on the configuration of the root system. Trees with lateral root systems are more susceptible to a loss of stability than trees with oblique or taproot systems.
Trees with severe root loss may produce adventitious roots that are able to provide sufficient water and nutrient flow to maintain healthy green foliage. However, they will often be too small to support the load of the tree. This can result in whole tree failure, even under light wind conditions. If root loss is severe enough to create concern over tree stability, installation of a tree support system may be warranted. See American National Standards for Tree Care Operations, Standard Practices, Supplement Support Systems, ANSI A300 Part 3, or ISA's Best Management Practices, Tree Support Systems. Tree removal and replacement can be considered as an alternative. Thank you for listening to this month's Arborist News audio podcast. An online quiz worth one CEU is available now to current ISA members and will become available to non-members in June of 2018. Visit the ISA web store and search for online quizzes for the most recent CEU opportunities. Arborist News is ISA's bi-monthly serial publication and provides readers with the latest in arboriculture news and education. This magazine is an ISA member benefit and offers opportunities for ISA credential holders to earn CEUs. Become a member today to start receiving Arborist News in your mailbox or inbox. Please check back for the next Arborist News audio.